Well, guys, I want to thank you for tuning in to the Youth and Culture podcast and making this podcast a part of your day today. I'm your host, Ryan Sebastian, and I am joined with my co-host, David Pinkham. Good morning. It's great to be here, guys. Yes, we're, we're actually recording this right now, very early in the morning. Uh, because both of our schedules were kind of conflicting a little bit, just the busyness of being in ministry. And we're both sitting here with a nice, large cup of coffee. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I can't, can't get through the day without probably, I typically have about two cups of coffee in the morning. Because um, I usually get up about 5.30 in the morning and uh, filling myself with coffee and having to pee every 30 minutes because of it. Yeah, you're not kidding, man. And I'm actually kind of happy because I got halfway through September but before my wife pumpkin spiced anything. So it's going to be a good year the rest of the year, I hope. <laughs> I really hope. <laughs> Me too. I'm hoping this fall will be actually be – because I, cause I live in Lumberton, so I live right near the coast. Mm. And so it's always always hot here. We mm-hmm. never have a fall. It's, it's, it's hot all the way uh, to November. Then all of a sudden, this um, January, it gets a little cold. So we don't really have yeah. a fall ever here. It was, I'm it, sorry. In fact, last year during Halloween, it was 90 degrees here. That's almost. disgusting. I'm wearing a hoodie right now. It was cold when I walked out of my house this morning. Yeah, this morning here, we actually felt like fall. It's like, great, <laughs> let's have a fall this year. I'm the pumpkin spice, uh, all the things. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, my favorite, <laughs> my favorite drink at Starbucks is out right now. It's pump, mm. pumpkin spice latte, which I'm excited about. Yeah, that's good, man. I'm, I'm an apple cider guy, to be honest. I just got to – I love apple cider. Anything doesn't matter. Um, but when it comes to Starbucks, I'm a basic white girl. I get the white chocolate milk. <laughs> I do like that, too. I have to admit, I do like that, too. Oh, gracious. Uh, well, uh, I, this, uh, today's episode is going to be a little bit different um, in the sense of we're going to be talking, probably spending the next, really the next three episodes, uh, talking about how to destroy your ministry in three easy steps. Uh-oh. And it's going to be a little bit, I think it's going to be a little bit shorter, maybe. Uh, than we have done in the past, or maybe shorten it down a little bit for the next three episodes. Uh, but what what I want to talk about this week and this uh, this episode is is the first thing of how to destroy your ministry is not prioritizing prayer. Mm. Uh, and the reason I kind of was led and felt like we need to talk about this is because I've had the opportunity to speak with youth pastors all over the country, and God's given me the opportunity to do that. And one thing that I have learned through all those conversations is that a, I would say the mass majority of them that I've talked to do not prioritize prayer in their personal life. And they wonder why 
things are falling apart around them for his family, ministry, struggling. And, and it seems like a common sense thing. And I know we talked about this a few episodes back with uh, Daniel Henderson about the importance of prayer and rely on the Holy Spirit. Um, and I think it's a, a duh, like a duh thing. Like, like we know, yeah. know this. Yeah, well, I mean, anybody you've ever asked, or if you've ever been in a congregation and the pastor has asked people, is your prayer life good? Pretty much everybody says no. And then when he says, could, or, or if they say, could your prayer life use some improvement? Pretty much everybody says yes. I mean, everybody agrees that your prayer life could use some improvement. But uh, there's a, I think there's a, there's a slight difference. I think they're related, but I think there's a slight difference between prioritizing prayer in your own personal life, but also prioritizing prayer within the context of your ministry as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, it's not just something you teach. It's not just something you do. It's, it's really got to be both. No I, no, I agree with, and I agree with that. And then, and again, I'm, I might be see, I'm seeing this wrong. I, I'm basing this off of my own experience. I'm basing this off of uh, youth pastors I've talked with over the years. And what I've noticed is that uh, we have a, we, it's very easy for us to practice maybe prayer in our ministry even though I still think that's lacking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we practice that a little bit more and making sure that we're having a time of prayer, um, whether prayer requests, that type of thing, making sure that prayer is a part of our ministry. But when it comes to what we're doing behind closed doors, it's the total opposite. Um, mm. Like I had, to, I talked to um, many people in the exact, the exact same scenario of, of trying to move a ministry a certain direction and they're getting a lot of pushback uh, from it and there are people making parents upset and leaders upset and typically it's it's multiple it's an amalgamation of things that causes this uh, but one one of the questions I always like to ask is have you spent time praying asking God, is this what you want me to do? Is this where the direction that you want us to go as a ministry? And I'm going to tell you, nine out of 10 times, they say, I haven't prayed about this at all. Yeah. Like, or did you just think it was a really good idea? So you're hoping it works. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it just, and I don't know, it's just amazing. It amazes me. And again, I've, I've been there. I've made some of those mistakes early on yeah. in ministry and, um, well, you remember um, when we were at Liberty as students, I think you were a sophomore, I was a freshman, and my my freshman class was the last class that had uh, Doc Falwell Sr. as the head of the university. And even that last year we had him, uh, he told us constantly, like almost weekly, that nothing of eternal significance ever happens apart from prayer. And that, I mean... I, that kind of says it all right there, episode over, right? <laughs> yeah, well, well it's, it's true. It, it's so true that nothing of eternal significance happens a part of prayer. That's so true because you're not, I just think about, uh, again, we're talking about Jerry Fowell Sr., not yeah. Junior, <laughs> Sr. We had to make sure we emphasize that. But I just remember it as uh, in college, um, of just we had a whole all night of prayer mm-hmm. uh, as an entire school spending the whole entire night praying over our school and country and 
uh, a lot of things. And what what launched that, and this is even before we were we were there, but what launched that is that the school was so in debt that if we didn't have raise enough money by a certain time, this, the doors would have to close. And literally the whole entire school came together to pray. Jerry Falwell, I think fast, it was like 40 days or something, something insane. Yeah, I think he actually did multiple 40-day fasts. Yeah, and praying and and so we had kind of had that model mm-hmm. in, in college, and I'm very thankful for that because I didn't learn a lot uh, from him as, as, as a spiritual leader, understanding that you can't move your ministry, your personal life first, your, your personal relation with God, and your ministry to a certain point without being wrapped in mm-hmm. prayer. Well, do you remember? Do you remember how they know, um, named the student leadership in the hall? I don't remember that. We, we had the RAs, which you know every college has that. Yeah. Um, the SLDs, which were the spiritual life directors, and then the guys that were in charge of the small groups who were called prayer leaders. Yeah. 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 And I mean, that was one of our primary functions was to lead prayer. And I mean, we look at. I mean, just look at scripture. Uh, primary example is Jesus. What What was he constantly doing? He was constantly sneaking away to pray. Mm-hmm. And sometimes overnight, sometimes super early in the morning. And so, you know, you think eight o'clock is early. <laughs> he was up before the sun and I mean, he constantly did that. And then when there were some of those really tough moments of ministry where he, like his disciples were just, you know, tearing their hair out and, and frustrated because they couldn't cast a demon out of somebody, you know, Jesus shows up and he's like, oh, guys, this doesn't come out except for by prayer and fasting. and there's a couple other elements that's in that conversation, but when 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 it gets tough, when it gets really hard, I mean, Jesus is our prime example. He goes straight to prayer first, no, and no. That, that's got to be a priority. How often do you hit? Does something hit the fan for you, and your instinct is not to pray? It's to go talk to your wife, or a friend, or your pastor, or just whine and complain to yourself about it, <laughs> instead of first taking it to the Lord and and not necessarily asking him to fix it right away, but just sharing what's burdening your heart and, and, and trying to get it out there so that you even have an idea of what exactly is going on in your mind, but sharing it with your, with your creator, the one who loves you, the one you, who you know is not going to abandon you in a time of need. No, exactly. And, and, and I know this sounds a little bit harsh when I say this, but, if us as us as as youth leaders, if we're telling our kids to spend time with God and prioritize that, and we're not doing it ourselves, we are being hypocrites in that moment um, in our ministry. And to be honest with you, God's not going to bless our ministries if we're being, in a sense, two faced in our ministries to where we're telling our kids, Hey, this is important. This is important. This is important. Yet in your own life, it's not important to you and you don't prioritize it. Uh, I don't think God's going to bless your ministry. Uh, now, of course us, we have, we have, uh, certain skills, skill sets. And of course, like I've shared this before that, uh, sometimes we focus too much on our skills and leadership abilities, and that's all of our ministry is, is building off of that, which sometimes it, it can build uh, to a certain point, 
but there's a, you're going to hit a wall eventually. And you're never going to get past that wall if you are not prioritizing spending time with God in your own personal life. Uh, I can't, and, and I, think, I think part of it too is that we're caught up in a, a production a mindset and feel like we have to produce, produce, produce. Uh, and that, a lot of it has to do with our culture and, and consumerism and all that kind of tied in there. And we're, we're so wrapped around numbers, thinking production is producing uh, more kids numerically, butts and seats. Which, but again, numbers is important. And I've said this on the podcast many times. Numbers is important because well, of numbers a person. Count, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Number, numbers is a person. Yeah, and uh, it's so, true. Um, but I mean, let's, let's just look at the last, uh, I think it's what, seven months now? What's March, April, May, June, July, August, September. So uh, during this COVID season, how often have we actually stopped and prayed about what's going on? And, and not necessarily like, there's so many different facets to prayer. I mean, most of the people listening to this podcast, you guys are youth leaders. And so you already know all of the different little ways that we teach students, like using the acts and uh, analogy, uh, the you know, adoration, confession, Thanksgiving, supplication, all that kind of stuff. So we don't need to teach you how to pray. Um, these are just thoughts to, to, to jog you thinking about what your prayer life looks like. And I don't know how many times in the last seven months that I've I've complained, I've whined, I've gotten frustrated about COVID. I've been just kind of sullen and melancholy because I miss my teens uh, and, and they won't get on Zoom because <laughs> they have Zoom fatigue now. And, and, you know, trying to get a teenager to text you back without using a meme or a picture or a GIF uh, is almost impossible <laughs> for some of them. Um, some of them just, they don't have access to a phone. And so, uh, trying to get a hold of them is going to have to be through their parents, and sometimes that's impossible. And so there's many times throughout this last seven months where we could have just kind of, you know, flopped on the couch and moaned and whined and cried about it. But how many times have we stopped and prayed? How often have how often have I prayed for my teens during this season? How how often do you pray for your teens? Do you pray for your teens? <laughs> do you pray for your student leaders? Do you pray for your pastor? Uh, do you pray for your wife or your husband? Uh, do you pray for wisdom or do you pray that you just keep your nose right above the waterline so you don't drown in whatever is going through? Uh, do your, what, do you, what does our prayer life look like? Does it look like uh, just going before the Lord and, and punching in a bunch of numbers and hoping the snack drops? Or is it, um, is it uh, you know, asking him to do stuff uh, not just provide things. Is it, is it, are we, con are we constantly asking? And, and he does want us to come before him and ask. That's true. But how much time do we spend recognizing who he is? How much time have we spent actually, you know, telling him, you know, this is, this is what I'm struggling through and asking daddy for help, so to speak, you know, how much time do we spend being thankful? I mean, man, it's amazing what a grateful attitude will do. And, and that's one of those things. I mean, you've, you've kind of said it already, Ryan, but this, this is one of those things that it might take some time at first, but this can charge you up. There's a reason Jesus did it all the time. <laughs> there's, a, there's a reason he was constantly reconnecting with his father. I mean, you talk about a guy who is well acquainted with sorrow. I mean, how else do you get through that without having a mental break than staying connected with the father? Yeah. And, and, and I, 
I'm, I like the analogy you made about uh, treating prayer like a vending machine, <laughs> uh, because it, it's so true that in our in American Christianity mm. and Western Christianity, for the most part, uh, when it, when it comes to prayer, we treat God like a vending machine. We have we have wants. I want this. Let me let me do this so I can get what I want. Or or we say, God, I want you to do this. Instead of coming to God and attitudes to God, what do you want? Mm. Um, what do you want me to go through? Because here's the reality is we're not promised prosperity. We're, we're promised, promised trouble. Yes, you're promised <laughs> trials and you're promised suffering. Yep. Because God works in our lives more through suffering and trials than anything else because we become more dependent on him and how your prayer life is, is it really is a mark of how close you are to God in a sense of your dependence on him. If, if you remove God from your life when it, through prayer, you don't spend time with God, you don't develop, cultivate your relationship with him what that shows is that uh, basically is that you're not dependent on him. You're dependent on your own abilities and your own strength and you're putting God in the back burner. And then when things go bad, it's like all of a sudden let, let's put God back in the mix and let's, 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 let's start having a prayer life. Oh, my life is great. Let's put God on the side burner again. I feel like Israel did that a lot in the old Testament. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's, and it, again, this, this is, this is our nature as, mm-hmm. as human beings, as sinful human beings. It's in our nature. That's the reason why prioritizing it in your life is so important. doesn't mean that's that's easy. Yeah, and when we say prioritizing, let's just put it out there. We're, we're talking daily here, oh, yeah, uh, even absolutely. if you have to multiple times a day. This is one of those things where, you know, I've heard people give advice, and, and I've I, one of the things that I've heard pe- a lot of people give different types of advice on is like your daily quiet time kind of thing, spending time in God's Word. And, and, and they've said, look, if you don't spend time in God's Word, start with once a week and then twice a week and then, you know, bump your way up. I hate I hate to say it, but and this might sound harsh, but if you're a if you're a seasoned youth leader and you're not spending daily time in God's word, there might be a problem. Um, that's an opinion, okay? So you know, don't you know, hold me down and punch me in the face over it. But uh, this is one of those things where we we do need to be spending time in prayer with God every day, in addition to breakfast, lunch, dinner, and right before bed. <laughs> no, absolutely, and that's that's reason why. Okay, and here goes when uh, are we actually reading God's word and applying it in our own life? Because look, mm. Paul Paul said, "Pray without ceasing." Yep. Okay, pray without ceasing. What does that look like? Okay, what that looks like is that, and I, this can be this can be translated in our own lives in many different ways. But what this can look like is. Every single opportunity that you have to pray, pray. In other words, if, if, you're, if you're going down the street and you see someone who looks broken, who's homeless, um, and you happen to take them a meal, spend time praying for them in that moment. If you're, uh, if you're struggling, like you just dealt with a difficult um, conversation with a teen or a parent, spending that moment and that mm-hmm. difficulty, asking God to help you get through it. 
It's not, it's, again, prayer, prayer, we, we don't, again, I, I struggle with this too. So I, I'm, when I'm saying that, and this as well, I'm struggle, I struggle with this too, and I have to work on it in my own life because I naturally am dependent on my own strength, my own abilities. And, and your God, own coping mechanisms. Yeah, exactly. And God's, God's had to kick myself in the pants a few times for me <laughs> to realize that I can't do this on my own. Yeah. I, yesterday, I had a rough day. I mean, started out good, kind of ended well, but there was a couple of rough patches and I don't want to get into it. But um, I went home, got home late and I was grumpy and I, there was many things I could have taken to the Lord last night. But you know what I did instead? I had a bowl of ice cream because <laughs> I'm a stress eater and I mean, it was good, but I, as you were talking about that, I realized, you know, last night I could have, I could have taken that before the father and let him know what I was dealing with and just shared that with him. Cause he wants to hear from his children, but I didn't do that. I just ate some ice cream and watched, watched TV with my wife and folded some laundry. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm the same. I'm the same way. Like I, I have my coping me- mechanism too, is I'm a stress eater um, and kind of the same, so same sense as well. Like last, <laughs> last night, I can't tell you how many, how many weeks I don't know, after a Wednesday night or midweek program and I come home and I'm just tired, worn out, and I just want something to eat, mm. <laughs> stuff my face, uh, right. just, just deal with the stress. So I, yeah, so I have my own coping, coping uh, mechanisms as well, but I just cannot stress how important it is to make sure that you're continuously finding opportunities to be with God throughout your day, uh, every day, uh, not just in the morning, not just your little, your little 30, 30 minutes to an hour, which I hope is that long. Sometimes nowadays people are saying they're having spending only five minutes. I'm like five minutes with God at all. <laughs> anyway, Man. that's, that's a, that's a conversation that we can get into, but, uh, but I want to push back on something you said earlier, if you don't mind. Uh, and, and this is something that, this is because of my own personal struggles in my history. But you, you mentioned if, you, if you're not spending time in, God, in, in prayer and, and God's word, there's, there's a good chance he's not going to be blessing your ministry and what you're doing. And I, I would tend to agree with that, uh, generally speaking. But uh, I think there's also a possibility that he may bless your ministry in spite of you. Or not in spite, but despite the, what you're not doing. Um, and if you, if that happens, I have a, a strong feeling that you're going to notice and it's going to frustrate you and you're not going to find fulfillment in what he's called you to do because you're not doing it in line with his will. I mean, he, you said it, he's the word of God says to pray without ceasing. It's not a suggestion. It's something we do and we, we do it constantly. And if we're not going to do that and then hope our ministry succeeds, look, it may, but it may be because your youth leaders are the ones that are praying and your youth leaders are the, the, or the parents or those old ladies that sit in the same pew for like the last 20 years in the same spot. And you find out when you graduated from high school, they've been praying for you for the last six years and you had no idea. All right. There's, there, there could be people that are praying for you in your ministry. You have no idea who they are. And that's the reason that your, your ministry is being blessed and succeeding is because people are going for the throne. But you'll, I, I would say you're going to find a lack of fulfillment there because you're not on board with what God's plan is 100%. 
And uh, I, I know in, in my life, it, it can be frustrating. I just have to constantly fight this legalistic attitude of kind of a tit for tat. Like if I do good things, God wants me to do, he'll bless. If I do sin things, he's going to punish me or punish my ministry. And it, it, that there may be some cause effect there. All right. I'm not going to discount that, but uh, yeah, he's a God of grace, but he does have an expectation of the man that he, or the men and women he's called to do ministry and to, to disciple other people. And I think this goes back to um, a simple leadership principle of don't ask your people to do something you're not willing to do yourself. And, and prayer is like basics 101, you know, your 100 level freshman level classes, 10 point grading scale kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got to start somewhere. And it's, it, this is, I think this is almost one of those things where like, if you remember Vince Lombardi would walk into halftime after a rough first half with his football team, he just hold up a football and go, this is a football. And he'd get the guys back to the basics and, and try to get them to rethink what they were doing and, and focus on just the basics not try to get complicated. Don't get showy. You know, it's not all flash, bang, pizzazz, ooh, ah. Just, I mean, do what Jesus said. Go hide in your closet and pray. <laughs> no, yeah, and, and that's, you made a good point. And I guess and that, that is correct that God can still bless, uh, bless your ministry stuff, uh, even if you're not in prayer because other people are praying around you. So I, I totally agree with that, too. So that is a good point. Um, and in the same sense, flip side of that is that I don't think – that your ministry would be as effective in, in internal significance and mm. seeing kids disciple other kids, make an impact long-term mm-hmm. if you yourself are not wrapped in prayer as well. Um, again, there's, there's exceptions to that rule and, and there probably is in other people's ministry. I just don't think uh, that God can, will be able, you'll be able to you be used if, as effectively if you yourself are not making God a priority in your own life, yeah. uh, spending time with him, cultivating your relationship with him. And again, pr- prayer, prayer is something that um, it's, it's not, doesn't come natural for a lot of people. It doesn't come natural for me. I, I love studying. I love stuff being in God's word and, and researching and that's how my brain works. And, mm-hmm. I, and I love learning. Uh, so I'm, I naturally tend to gravitate towards that. And I don't naturally gravitate uh, towards spending time with God in prayer. So I've actually had to practice uh, really hard and be disciplined with that in my own life. And here's the thing, when, when it comes to Lord's Prayer, and we kind of we like to quote that before uh, sports events and, and whatever, but the thing is with, with the Lord's Prayer, God, uh, Jesus basically said, pray like this. He didn't say, you can pray like this. He told us to pray like this. Um, so I've, I've, in my own life, I've, I go through every morning, uh, I try to practice going through the Lord's Prayer, readings and praying through Scripture. Um, I have Psalms I actually pray through um, every morning. I really try to take God's Word in, in prayer and really trying to cultivate my relationship, my dependence on him. Because the older I get, again, I'm not that old, even though my teens think I'm, a, my teens think I'm old uh, as dirt. But um, Have you been boomered yet? <laughs> I've been I, boomered. I've been called a boomer, but even though I'm like, uh, no, I'm, I'm not that old. But uh, as older I get, the more I realize I cannot do this on my own. 
Uh, and, and even COVID has been exposed that even more to where I, all, everyone's listening, including me and you, David, all of our ministries are, for the most part, have been blown to bits. Yeah. While we're, we're currently doing the programming. Uh, our, our kids are half, a fraction of our kids are coming if we are meeting uh, in person and we're, and, and it's like, so we have some families that like they have completely disappeared and can't get a hold of. And it's been shocking to see that because these parents, these families were active in our church. Now they're nowhere to be found and you can't get, get up with them and they're not returning your texts, phone calls. So it's brain form. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's been, and it's discouraging. It's extremely discouraging. And I have to, again, getting back and had to say, God, I can't do this without you. I can't figure out how to minister to these teens, how to minister to these parents, how to pour into my leaders uh, during this time. I cannot figure this out without you. Um, and, and, and it's actually this time of COVID is actually causing my personal life to be more, even more dependent on God and and what he wants me to do and being dependent on his will through this time. Uh, because I can, again, I can't, I can't do this without him. I cannot reach my kids and their families during this time without God helping me and giving me wisdom and what to do. Absolutely. And I think the first thing we do, if we're in that spot where we don't know how to reach a family, pray about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's this, when I tell my teens, share your faith evangelize, you know, whatever, however you want to word it. Step one, start praying for the person. You don't even have to tell them. They don't have to know. Just start praying for them, you know. Uh, that step, step one for a lot of things in our lives should probably start, which should be prayer. <laughs> I agree. Like, like, and here, here's what I, I, I do for myself is uh, I have a prayer list I go through every single day. Um, uh, uh, praying for teens, uh, all my teens, um, the student ministry, my leaders. But part of that list is I have a list, a section of my list is, is literally entitled difficult people. And um, are you the first one on the list? Uh, I probably <laughs> need to be the first person on the list, but it's people in, in really in our church that in a scriptural sense are my enemy in a sense that they're always uh, either bashing me, uh, gossiping about me or our ministry or church, mm. uh, being very divisive. Uh, I pray for those, I have pray for those people every single day because only through prayer can my attitude towards those people change. And that's the reason why Christ tells us to pray for our enemies. I pray for those who persecute you um, because only through prayer and through uh, the help of God can you change your attitude towards that person to be a more effective, more effective in reaching them with the gospel. And so hard to be angry at someone when you're praying for them. Exactly. And, <laughs> and so, yeah, so, the, so when, I'm, when we're talking about, uh, being effective, basically three easy steps to pretty much ruin your ministry, destroy your ministry. If prayer is not, if, you, if you're not spending time with God in prayer and you're relying on yourself, eventually your ministry is going to fall apart. 
Mm-hmm. It's a matter of when. And it, and it may not be the youth ministry that you're in charge of. It may be you. Mm-hmm. And it may end up in the church asking you to resign, getting fired, um, leading to moral failure. I mean, whatever, you know, you could ruin the lives of teenagers in your ministry. You could tank the ministry. But if you really want to destroy your ministry, stop praying. <laughs> Not, exactly. And I can't tell you how many times um, uh, with a youth ministry, um, other forms of ministry within the church that I've seen people fail uh, morally, fail in other aspects uh, to where basically the church had to come to him and exactly just said, and had to ask them, say, hey, we're going to have to ask you to step down. Mm. And, and some of those, a lot of those underlining things that when you talk to those people is that they never really spent time with God. You know, they're relying on their own strength, their own leadership abilities. And basically when you start doing that over time, you become arrogant you become prideful because you're, you think that you can do it on your own. You've crept into God's spot. Yeah, exactly. And we're terrible gods. <laughs> I got that from another podcaster. Um, but, I mean, we, we make terrible gods. There's a reason we're not. <laughs> yeah, and, and I kind of wanted, wanted to end um, with just – we, we spend a lot of time talking about why prayer is important and how prayer, uh, if you don't prioritize God through prayer, spending time with him, cultivate your relationship with, with him, how that can eventually destroy you personally and destroy your ministry. And I, and I, I kind of want to give a simple thing if, uh, if you're struggling, okay, I'm, if you're out there struggling and saying, okay, I, I know I don't have a, the best prayer life. I know I'm struggling in this area. What can I do? Uh, to make this a priority in your life, okay? And and there's several there's several th- answers to this. I'm just going to give you my personal opinion um, through my experience uh, personally. Is first step uh, to make sure this is a priority is making sure that you have accountability mm. uh, in in this area. And and for me personally, the there's actually two levels of accountability for me. Uh, first one is my wife. Good choice. Um, in fact, me, that's me and my wife get up at five thirty in the morning, um, every morning. So she God can sp- bless you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> we do, but but and so she can have spend time with God because she has to she she has to commute thirty minutes. Mm. Um, so this gives her enough time to spend time with God herself. Uh, and also, I spend time after she goes to work. I spend about an hour um, with God as well before I go to work. Uh, so we keep each other accountable. And asking each other questions, but also uh, right now, because uh, I'm in the past couple of years, I haven't had enough small group leaders. So I've been leading a small group within my ministry the past few years. And we have an element of accountability within our small groups where I'm asking them, how's their time with God? How's their prayer life? Why, the, why are they learning uh, on God's word this week? And basically, I explain to them accountability goes two ways. So they have permission to ask me. Uh, so every single week, I have my small group of senior high guys. Uh, they ask me, so how is your quiet time? What are you learning uh, with your time with God? How's your prayer life? Um, so even having that element with me as well. But accountability is the first step in making sure that you're prioritizing spending time with God through prayer and your prayer life. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, second thing, and I know this sounds so simple, and but it's a choice. Um, you have to you don't fall into it. No, you have to choose it. It's like you, 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 when it comes to uh, joy, the difference between joy and happiness is happiness is a feeling. Joy is a choice. You choose to be joyful. You choose joy. And same thing in a sense with any decision you make, it's a choice. You, and if you have to choose to prioritize it, so you move everything else around it. Um, so in other words, if you say you're too busy, then there's something you need to cut out of your schedule. Uh, in fact, for me, and I schedule in my time with God. It is literally on my schedule, on my daily, daily calendar. I spend time with God, and during this time, nothing else is going to be around it. On Fridays, which is my Sabbath, nothing else is going to interfere with that where I'm spending more time, more time with God on that day and resting and nothing's going to interfere with that. So, so prioritizing is choosing, but our way of choosing in our culture is making sure that's on your calendar. Mm. Yeah. I mean, we got so many things going on and there's nothing wrong with putting it on your calendar. It's mm -hmm. not like somehow less spiritual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my life rotates around my calendar because I'm I got I'm so busy and I got I got I'm, my brain. Yeah, and if it's not, I tell I tell uh, my wife and I tell my st uh, the staff my staff them uh, at church. I tell them that hey, if it ain't on my calendar, I ain't gonna do it. So I tell my wife if it's not on the calendar, I'm not gonna remember you told me about it. <laughs> exactly. I had, to, I had to start telling my wife. She was telling me all these appointments for my kids, and uh, I was like you're going to have to put it on your calendar and invite me. So it's on my, um, it shows up on my calendar. Cause you just telling me I'm not going to remember. Um, it's just, it's just, it's just part of life. The busier we get, uh, the more responsibilities that we have in our jobs and our ministry, um, uh, the more calendars get full. But so it, like I said, it, it's prioritization more in our culture today and it's seeped into our ministry culture is what's on your calendar. Uh, make sure it's on your calendar. Um, so that's, that's two simple things that I, that I would recommend doing is accountability. Uh, choose it. Make it, It's a choice. Choose to prioritize it by prioritizing it on your calendar. Mm -hmm. yeah, and that'll lead into um, what we talk about, step two in ruining the ministry next episode, because uh, that goes right along hand in hand with it. So uh, I think... I think that's uh, it's a good idea to prioritize it, even if you do have to put it on the calendar. Uh, and it's going to probably take some sacrifice in what you're doing now. There's going to think be things you're going to have to cut out if you're not doing it now. There's going to be something you have to cut out in order to make it a priority. No, absolutely. Well, guys, I just want to thank you for uh, tuning in. I know that uh, this episode is a little bit different, but it's so important. Mm -hmm. uh, for us as youth leaders within our ministry to make sure that we are prioritizing our relationship with God through prayer, uh, that we prioritize that because we cannot ask our kids to pray and spend time with God, but we're not prioritizing ourselves. And also, if we're trying to do ministry without God, it's going to eventually fall in space because we cannot do God's work 
without God. Um, yeah. And we can't do his work without doing it the way he said to. <laughs> oh, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the next episode. I think we might leave you hanging and let you uh, make you wait to the next episode to tell you what it's going to be about. But we do appreciate you guys being here. Thank you for listening. And if you haven't yet, uh, please feel free to leave a comment or star review on Apple Podcasts. And uh, that just allows us to uh, keep keep near the top to to allow people to find solid youth ministry content and if, especially if they're looking for something that's that's specific to youth and student ministry uh, not just ministry in general so uh, please fill that out and uh, we'd greatly appreciate it well guys stay tuned for our next episode